0: Welcome to the Connectivity Matters Podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Connectivity team at NUCO, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Connectivity Matters Podcast. Your hosts today are me, Dan Jeffrey, Senior Consultant and Alistair Wilson, Consultant. We're delighted to be joined by Rafa Lakdar. VP of Quality and Operations at Rolling Wireless. Rafa has local respons- a global responsibility for all of Ra- Rolling Wireless's quality initiatives, including new product introduction and ensuring efficient transition from engineering to automotive quality mass production. He started in the IoT sector with WaveCon, developing the first NAB concepts and addressing the first automotive markets. He stayed with the solutions through Sierra Wireless and now a Pure osmotic player in
1: Wireless. Welcome to the show, Rafa. Thanks for welcoming me. Super fantastic. Well, Rafet, um to kick things off, something that we ask all of our guests is, um, how did you get into the connectivity industry?
2: Well, it's um, it's one of those things, and um, you uh, you don't decide to uh, to go there. I think the IoT uh, industry picks you up. Uh, And um, initially, when I had uh, done my studies, I was uh, going into the physics and uh, looking at microelectronics. And it was the time when the telecom sector was booming. And uh, uh, IoT is one subset of the telecom sector. And this is how I ended up uh, recruited into one of these companies that was a French company. And we have started this journey from this point.
1: Fantastic. Cheers. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pass you over to Dan and perhaps find out a little bit more um, how things got, got on from that point. Brilliant. Thanks, Alastair. And um, so, Rafa, um, what
0: or who has been the biggest influence on your career?
2: Well, I, I think the, the the biggest influencer on my career was probably the um, possibilities that you could discover new countries. You could discover new people, and and this IoT sector was a, a perfect match because this goes global. This telecom thing is linking people together, and and basically you are participating in some of international linkage. And uh, when when I was giving some sort of um, tagline of what is my best, I would say uh, 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 ability is translating English to English because this is what we do. We are linking people together and and we are making them talking together. This This is really what was my main driver. And this is what we do in the IoT sector. Of course, we go from people to people to machine to machine, but it's always the same thing. People talking English, not understanding each other and making them understanding each other. (laughs)
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and um, in terms of, I guess, from right at the beginning of your career, then, um, with where there were kind of newer concepts to the market, um, and that sort of thing within the IoT space, how how did you find that, and and were you having to kind of introduce things to to customers? Was it new ideas? What? How was that?
2: Yeah, if we come back to the origin of all this, the um, the the telecom sector was uh, um under uh, a massive change. We were moving from fixed line to mobile phone lines. And uh, then there was this uh, new feature being capable to transmit information without being in a fixed location. This have opened up a huge uh, uh, opportunities because not only people could talk and being on the move, but then we could also reach out to machines that were in a remote area. And, and this is where the concept of this network access devices was born, because you have to create a, a sort of a, 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 a small electronic board that allow you to have in any type of machine all the access that you need to access to the cellular network. And, and that was the main concept of it is like, you have a mobile phone without the keypad and the screen because you don't need it when two machines talk together because they have all this ability into their setup. And then with this, you could start making cars talking together. You could start making vending machine talking together. And and this is what was really a, the main driver of the start of my career. and And moving from this general cellular concept made for people, And how do you transfer that into machine contacting other machines? Super. And you've given a couple of
0: examples there. But um, what would you say is the most um, significant product or or solution um, that that we've seen so far?
2: Well, I I think it is, uh, I mean, people working in IoT can really be proud. Rolling Wireless has its shares of it, Wavecom has its shares of it, Sierra Wireless has its shares of it, and many of the businesses that are uh, addressed with this can make the the, the business maker really proud. And and I'm thinking, for example, about some uh, uh, cases where these IoT devices are set up into uh, 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 energy uh, uh, devices. You have, for example, gas bottles that are in Brazil on the floor, sitting on the roof of the buildings, and people had to regularly go there, check the level of the gas, and when getting to be about empty, carry those bottles on their back and bring them down and bring them up, and now they don't have to do this as regularly because they have this IoT device attached to this gas machine that will tell them, look, you are about to get to the low level. It's time to call for replacement. So they don't have to go up and down again in the building, the service, the utility comes and replace the machine. And and this is making people life much more easier. The uh, another uh, uh, case that people should be proud of when they participate to this, especially in the automotive sector, is what we call uh, the emergency call uh, feature. This is something that uh, cars are equipped with when they have the the NAD device. And imagine you have a crash case. If the accelerometer of the car detects that the crash conditions are brutal, then if the occupant of the car is not calling the emergency services after 30 seconds, that will trigger automatically the call to the emergency services and they will come and rescue you and they will locate you with a GPS. And if you are unconscious, you will be salvaged based on this feature. So this is another type of application that is absolutely great. And and there are so many that could be uh, uh, highlighted, especially the one in the uh, uh, town halls and cities that are trying to have intelligent lighting to save energy. and and protect the planet these are all based on iot devices that are capable to optimize the lightning detect uh, that you have pedestrian people walking the sidewalk and light up that sidewalk and if there is nobody switch it off and and all this get coordinated with these uh, nat devices this is absolutely brilliant
0: perfect perfect um yeah really really exciting really interesting for sure and and um, that's that lends itself quite nicely into um, looking at the, the present day and perhaps the future as
1: well. So I'll pass across to Alistair. Fantastic, cheers. So yeah, you know, with with the connected car industry uh, as it is today, um, it's one that has you know a lot of, a lot of moving parts. But I, no no pun intended there. Um, but you know, w- what what do you think are the biggest challenges that that we're seeing in the industry at this point in time?
2: Yeah, for the automotive industry, I think the the biggest challenge that the automotive industry is seeing is that the cars are being more and more equipped with software suits that are more and more sophisticated. This means that the need of connectivity and the pipe that you need to pass the data through has to become larger and larger. And you need to have almost on the spot updates and you need to make your car such an alive devices it's not like the old car that you had 20 years ago. You buy it and you take it once a year, you know, for the maintenance and, and that's it. Now the car is having maintenance almost every hour or every two hours because you're updating the software suite. And this is where the network access device plays now a bigger and bigger role. And, and we can foresee in the future that cars will be maybe equipped with three or four network access device compared to now only one because you will have one, dedicated to the updates of the system of the car, one for the infotainment for the car user, another one for the uh, engine control and so on, another one for the insurance. I mean, and and this is the biggest challenge is that the software should and, and the processing data is becoming more and more important and the frequency on which you need to update the data become more and more important.
1: Gotcha, fantastic. And then, uh, do you think that there's any sort of products or, or innovations on that side of things that's going to really have a big impact in ailing that challenge?
2: Yes, I mean, if you would have asked me, what is the excitement I see for the future and 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 uh, uh, in our segment and and which we are participating in? This is the autonomous driving that will become in 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 few years something like a commodity, and and here. If you think about autonomous driving, there will be a multiplying factor of all these processing needs. And not only the car will be communicating, but all the sign roads will be communicating with the car. Pedestrian having a mobile phone in their pocket will be communicating with the car, giving their position, giving an alert to the driver, be careful, we are calculating that a pedestrian will cross the road if he keep walking at this pace, so please start uh, reducing your speed, etc., etc. And, and this is what will drive the next uh, a flow of innovation. Um, one of it is called V2X, which means vehicle to X to anything. So, a roadside units, pedestrian, traffic lights. Uh, uh, th- this is where uh, uh, the industry is heading in the automotive.
1: Perfect. Great. Well, I think um, that that quite nicely transitions us on to uh, the next section of the podcast, which is the topic that matters. But I'll, I'll pass you over to Dan to to cover off that part. Super. Thank you. Um. So given
0: yeah given the role we've we've spoken a lot already about the uh, the automotive sector, which is great. I'm um, keen to to delve a little bit deeper, um, perhaps into the the quality um sort of perspective as well. Um, so what are the some of the specific things that you have to do to ensure that a connectivity solution um, meets the car manufacturer's quality standard?
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is really a, a very important topic and people who listen to the podcast really need to understand that we are talking here about the cornerstone of the automotive industry. Automotive industry is often said to be requesting military quality levels for a consumer price which means that you are going into opposite direction to hit those uh, targets and this is where you need to differentiate yourself how can you do the big jump between low cost and extremely high quality and and this is where of course this matter of quality becomes so critical first quality is about reputation and these car oem they need to protect their reputation. They cannot afford to be in the newspaper mentioning that they have an issue with their car and they need to do records and that they have a poor quality and so on. The consumer buying car are very sensitive to that. So this is why there is this first pillar that is the reputation. And here I'm talking about the whole ecosystem because you have the car maker selling the car, you have the tier one providing the boxes behind the dashboard. And you also have the tier two, us that are providing the basic technology that should not fail. And this is where we are proud to say that we have reached what we call a 10 PPM level. So 10 parts per million, which means that we can guarantee that out of 1 million units we sell, our customer will not see more than 10 of them having an issue, which is about what the automotive uh, segment is looking for. The the second pillar and, and what is very important to understand with quality It has direct ramification with financials. If you have a good quality, it does mean that you are optimizing your production. You don't have yield loss. So you are optimizing your production cost. So you could become competitive. If it is not the case, you will be beaten in the competition because they could provide a better pricing and pricing really matter. Remember what I said at the beginning, military level Uh, quality but the lowest possible cost and this is where quality comes again into the game because you need to be sure that you have made a superb optimization of your production so that you run it at the lowest possible cost and last but not least if you look at the financials you could say that quality is part of sales because when you go to the competition you enter the contest you will be matching your competitor to a penny or so you will have the same pricing then what will differentiate you is the quality level that you can bring on the table that will make the difference that will make the you know the flip from one side to the other one we have similar pricing but you have better quality then the customer will go to you because they are automotive customer and they have quality in their mind the last pillar if you think about quality and and this is also something that we have developed a lot in rolling wireless. Is quality has to be in the innovation and in the expertise. If you think about quality, let's say 20 years ago, quality is the police, which means quality makes sure we follow the processes. Hopefully, they are good. Quality makes sure that the product are fabricating according to the specification. So, within the specification, good let ship outside of the specification block. But if you limit yourself to this, you miss a big part of what you can do in this industry. And and this is one of the biggest change we are proud in rolling wireless. So not only our super low PPM level, but also we have transformed quality to become expertise. So we provide expertise to the design, new design rules to optimize our cost. We provide expertise in how to make our product more reliable so that the car maker could use our product five, 10, 15 years without suffering issues and, and not having issues at the start, but also not having issues on the long range. And this is what is important when you think quality is how quality is capable to provide expertise to the company and not only limit itself to saying, this is good, you can ship, this is bad, you cannot.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, make, make, makes complete sense. And um, I, I guess that kind of ties into my next question as well, really. So um, congratulations. We saw that you won the um, Ebony Supplier of the Year Award um, for, for the uh, connectivity solutions. And um, it, it, it mentioned there um, that your uh, roadmap, roadmap consistency uh, was a real positive from customers. And um, how, how do you go about developing that roadmap? And are you working in collaboration with the, the customers and some of the other partners, perhaps?
2: Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. You, uh, you develop a roadmap because you have strong connection with your customers, strong connection with your industry. And this is what is also to be a pure player because you will focus your resourcing on understanding what this industry is asking for. So some of our roadmap, were let's say dictated by what the customer is asking for, for example. This TSAC certification that is about security of data exchange between the CAR OEM and us. This is mandated by uh, the CAR OEMs. So we had to go to it. But also, it was a perfect match because we wanted to modernize our company. We wanted to address cybersecurity topics. And this is spot on, this certification. So it was really in both our benefits for Rolling Ones and the CAR OEM that we deep dive into the certification. Other certification are also linked to what the car industry is and what our vision is. So if you look at on our website, on our vision and mission, you will see that safety is one of our visionary, uh, let's say, objective. And safety has its standard. It's called ISO 26262 that explain to you how you should do your development to be capable to provide some safety functions to the car OEM, and this is how we have decided to add it into our roadmap then you have cybersecurity matters and the beauty of it is that you also have standards that explains to you how to do your developments in order to have embedded firmware that is uh, let's say matching with cyber security requirement this is how we have decided to add the cybersecurity ISO 21434 in our roadmap. And of course, when you see all the collection of the certificates we had and the one that we are aiming, then this really show that we are perfectly matching the automotive industry.
0: Super, super.
2: Uh, and in terms of
0: those, um, some of those standards, are they uh, d- defined ahead of time? Are you also actively involved with the likes of 3GPP then to, to help that definition to kind of meet your roadmap
2: as well? Well, that, that's the ultimate stage. If you are capable to have a seat in the 3GPP, if you are capable to have a seat in the ISO organization, if you're cap- capable to have a seat in an organization called the GDEC, then you are capable to influence on the standards, know them ahead of time, and be capable to design through them. And it is also part of our uh, organization that we have a seat in the GDEC. Uh, organization and we have a seat in the 3GPB which help us to know ahead of time what are the requirements which helps us also to push our proposals because we believe that these proposals are good for this market or because we believe these proposals are good for our product because we have capabilities that maybe others don't have and, and it is key is to be capable to voice out what should those standards require yeah
0: Perfect. And you mentioned earlier on about um, quality being uh, sort of part of sales um, uh, as well. Uh, so how how do you work with your sales colleagues um, to, to to kind of collaborate and, and ensure that success?
2: Well, I um, they uh, they are kind enough to accept me in their travels when going to the customers. So I thank them for this. And I watch them a lot because they have their techniques and the way to approach the customer in the proper manner. But at some point of time, they turn on the mic and say, okay, we give you the floor, dear quality team, and it's your show time to explain to our customer how good we are. And and this is how we collaborate with them. We, we sit down with them during those QBRs or during those RFQs the sessions, what we call the hearings and the customer, of course, they are very interesting about the pricing, the conditions. And then they say, okay, now please explain to us how you differentiate yourself. And really the speech, when you think quality is how you differentiate yourselves, And this is what I try to bring to the table or my team try to bring to the table. We explain that we are experts more than police, we differentiate ourselves because Here are the results of the experiments we do that demonstrate our quality levels. We also push the boundaries in our manufacturing and and we make a showcase of our factory that when they see it, it looks like a semiconductor factory more than an electronic board factory. So they could sense that there is there a, a, a very clear advantage compared to another factory that could be a little bit more messy or old school. Or with more manual touch that could generate some issues on the product, and 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 we try to explain to them that these are elements that will bring you superior quality.
0: Perfect, but yeah, it's great to to be so ingrained and, and work in partnership as you say with with your colleagues and uh, as well. So and to approach, I guess, different markets globally. Uh, are there any specific kind of changes that you have to make, or kind of difference in approaches
2: there as well but for different regions? No, absolutely, absolutely. um, If you remember what I said at the beginning of this podcast, um, the automotive industry is having a challenge linked to the uh, sophistication of the software. And uh, rolling wireless intend to take its unfair share of the software development. So not only delivering the NAD, the hardware device with the lower stack for cellular access network, but you also intended to be part of that journey of providing applications that are car-level applications or middlewares that help to connect processors uh, to our uh, IoT environment, and and this is for us the area of expansion. And and honestly, this is also a new area for quality because quality was much more dedicated to manufacturing and hardware, and now we will have to develop our capability capabilities into also software quality. And, and this is also the future path that we are paving for our quality team to also be capable to assess if the software is good or not good. This is the first stage. And then to become experts of how the software should be developed. And, and believe me, it's not only about functions, but a good software development could also lead to being a very friendly environmental company because you developed it in such a manner that you optimize power consumption, that you reduce the size of the memory that you need and so on. So, so we are we are pivoting also toward um, enrolling wireless, toward a uh, 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 sustainability. This, this is a key area that we want to go to. And, and software will participate to that, hardware as well. But you mentioned where we should go. Yeah software development to address the business, but also corporate and social responsibility, where we are going to have a big breakthrough in the coming few years, and and it will become a pillar for the car makers, because remember the reputation topic, corporate and social responsibility, being environmental friendly, reducing the use of chemicals, of water, of energy will become key to them. And, and we are preparing for that ahead. We're, we are working on that now.
0: Yeah absolutely and it is to kind of tie into that consumer point as well there the sustainability ability to be able to see those things and and kind of hear here that that's that's part of the discussion is becoming more and more um, yeah I think essential to, to customers as well um, there from from that point of view. And you re- you referenced um, multiple nads a couple of times and V2x as well. And what does tomorrow's connected car actually look like, do you think? The the ultimate question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How they will look like? Hmm. Well, you have uh, many scenarios that are, uh, let's say, uh, contemplated. Uh, I, I think the the car of the future will look like something that is, first of all, very friendly to the environment. This is absolutely key and and the v2x will participate to that because it will generate some driving behavior that are softer the cars will be capable to anticipate no let's say brutal acceleration or or massive brakes because you know you pick up the information at the last minute so this this is something that is important also it will become much safer this is what we would like to have with this v2x it it creates much more alert systems to the processor of the car to the driver as well and 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 you will see that this should help also reducing collisions reducing traffic jam so again back to being environmental friendly uh and and the cars will be uh, let's say uh, some people say oh it will become a computer on four wheels well it's not exactly that i think it will become Uh, uh, an entertaining mobility moment. This is what we believe. We we try to reduce the hassle of the driving that make people tired of it and enjoying a mobility ride with, of course, possibility of infotainment, watching a movie or listening to some nice music, but also maybe having the ability while you drive to get information on the destination you are getting on and, and, and... and things that will make you more and more aware of what is happening on your trajectory or deciding to platoon, which means, oh, I'm going to have a 200 mile drive on the highway. I'm just going to let my car go on autopilot with a platoon of car going to the same destination. So I don't need to worry about, again, uh, uh, being focused on the driving too much and I can focus on something else, preparing my arrival, informing the people that I'm getting on time and on all those things. So it's more a, an entertaining journey that uh, uh, the car is heading to. Oh,
0: that sounds great, for sure. Uh, any chance you can develop it before June? I'm driving from the UK to Luxembourg. Um, so if I could put my feet up, uh, that that would be perfect.
2: <laughs> if ready, I will let you know, Dan. you will be the first time. <laughs> Which car are you driving?
0: Perfect. Uh, a Seat. Uh, a Seat attacker it is. Yes.
2: Okay. What what I will check is that uh, I will check if the rolling wireless NAD are inside the Seat.
0: <laughs>
2: then I will let Super. you know. Super. Brilliant. And um, well, thank you for that. Really good
0: to get your insight um, there across the, the quality within automotive. And um, now to
1: pass across to Alastair for another core topic. Um, and that's diversity. Perfect. Cheers, Dan. Um, so yeah, something that we think is really important to cover off Rafet in the in 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 these podcasts is you know your take on diversity and, and where it's been and where it's going. So to kind of kick that off, you know, since since you've been in the industry, how how have you seen diversity improve?
2: Well, uh, I have to say that uh, I have seen the diversity becoming a more and more important topic, and people take care of it now in a sincere and genuine manner. Whereas maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it was a topic on the table, but nobody really know what to do with it or if it is really useful for the business. Now, I think it becomes obvious that it is useful for the business. And like I said at the very beginning of the score, what uh, drive me into this industry is that it has a fantastic opportunity to have an international life. So I had an international life. I mean, I, I, I worked in China for many years. I worked in France. I worked in US. And through this, I could meet many different style of people, different culture of people. And, and this helped me to be convinced that anybody could bring something, something very positive. Anybody could add value. One of the challenge in the tech industry is that um, when you look at engineering school, You have probably 80% of male and 20% of female. And we thought that, oh, because it is like this, it's difficult to do a gender diversity because the the highest population in those companies are engineers. But in fact, this mindset has changed as well. Now we know that we can have as much female engineer that male engineer. It's just us that has to go and pick up those candidates that are female. And and this is what we do. And for example, one of my experience working in China, it was the first time that I had a, a, an extremely well-balanced team between male and female. It it was by by chance. I, I, I arrived there. I replaced another director and the team was there. So I didn't have any credit for building that team. But I had the chance to work with a very balanced team. And I saw how much it was efficient and how much female were providing uh, some very good and positive added value as well as male and working together was perfect. And, and when somebody has too much conviction, the other one was simmering down a bit and that was positive. And, and, and from that, my mindset was completely built that diversity is key. And now when we do recruitment. We always have that in our mind. Okay, are we balanced? Good enough? Not good enough? We don't try to push it just for being balanced. But if we see that there is a too big imbalance there, then we'll try to compensate. And we're talking here about origins, gender, and also diversifying our locations. And and we are opening up, for example, an office in Eastern Europe. This is an area where we have not been before. And and we could see that there is there a, a, a lot of uh, uh, different thinking and a lot of value add that we could get from that yeah fantastic super um and you you kind of touched
1: on it there about um you know building it into those processes building it into recruitment um from you know from your side what what do you think we can do going forward to really help um continue on the progress and energy that we're putting into into um diversity
2: i think If we think globally, so not only about rolling wireless, I think the mobility programs from a location to another one should be, let's say, pushed forward. And um, they should be seen as an incentive and they should be seen as a, let's say, a sort of reward. And this will help population from different locations to move around and bring their, their own, let's say, capabilities. Uh, to some people who are located in a place and I used to do things in a way and they would see somebody new coming from elsewhere, doing things in a different manner, but still being successful. And that is participating to open the mind of the people staying local. So uh, enforcing or incentivizing or promoting, uh, let's say, mobility between world location is probably the key point to improve diversity.
1: Fantastic. Um, and you also mentioned about the the kind of split and disparity between perhaps the engineering talent. From that perspective, of you know, it, it, it is is this the case that more more males are going to study these sorts of topics at universities, and and it's kind of from from the recruitment end, you're having to to really put in the effort to go out and find them. Do you think there's anything that could be done, perhaps on the other side of the funnel, with getting more females say to go into into these technical um, disciplines?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I and and um, we could go backward even before the uh, 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 school recruitment and about education and 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 uh, uh, I, I think maybe since school promoting the uh, equality of the ability of a male and a female. And if you started from there, uh, they will feel uh, uh, much more uh, capable to go there, and and they will not hear this uh, uh, repeating speech. Oh, there is something for men and something for women. So. I, I totally think that this should start at a very uh, early stage. And w- what can I say? I, I, I think that, uh, for example, I- if I take a parallel example, uh, uh, women's sports is getting more and more promoted in the medias and that is helpful. And, and if you look at the eyes of a young girl watching soccer, uh, uh, female playing World Cup, they say, oh, even female could play the World Cup soccer, not only male, and, and that opens up their mind. and. And I'm totally uh, uh, for that. I, I wish that we could promote uh, successes done by a, a women's team, yeah.
1: Perfect. fantastic. well, yeah, thank you thank you for your insights there. As I said, it's a, an important topic that that we do like to cover. Um so to perhaps now move on on to pass you over back to Dan um to perhaps find out a bit more about yourself.
0: Brilliant. Thanks. So uh, Ra, we've heard a lot about um work and your career today and the automotive industry. I'm curious to, to learn a little bit more about Rafa outside of work. Um, so, what would your perfect weekend look like?
2: Well, I, I think my—if um, I would uh, think about the perfect weekend, it's—it's it's it's a weekend where I would uh, turn off my uh, mobile phone and my laptop. That—that's a very good start for my weekend, and uh, uh, I wish that uh, uh, my family is around me during that weekend. That, that, will, that will be the, the start of a very good weekend. And if I am lucky enough, I could strike a few golf balls during that weekend. But, but I would not uh, ask it too hard because I know it's, it takes a lot of time and it will take that time from the family moment. But, but that, that will look at a, a perfect weekend without mobile phone, without a uh, computer and, and being on the countryside. That, that, that is the start of a good weekend if my family is around
0: super you've done very well there some some guests have said i uh, run run far away and uh yeah not not include the families So done very well to, to, to mention those there for sure and um, so passing across um to, to alistair actually now
1: for uh for our one um last final question perfect yeah so um last question for you um if you were to give one piece of piece of advice um to somebody that was looking to enter into the industry what would that piece of advice be
2: if we uh, if we are thinking about somebody who is uh, trying to be recruited in an IoT company or, or even a pure player in automotive IoT, I think that um, as a recruiter, i I see that now I'm giving equal importance to the successes that that candidate will explain to the failures that he had. and And I would be very curious to hear about his failures and how he was able to recover from them, learn from them. Because real life in our company is made of few successes, but to get there, we had many failures and we had to learn from them. So somebody who would try to get into this industry, I would advise him to to explain what he has suffered from and how he recovered from it and how what he learned from it, that, that would be more impressive for a recruiter rather than to hear all the great successes that he had.
0: That's great, Raffet. Thanks for that. And, and yeah, I think that honesty, as you say there, um, is important as well to, to recognize. So um, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show um, and hear all of your thoughts and insights.
2: Thank you very much for welcoming me. Thank
0: you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at wwwnuco groupcom That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.